0: Media. As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel wanna know, and they wanna know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, uh, the show that takes a look at weird and almost completely forgotten pieces of media, be it movie, TV, comics. Maybe someday we'll read a book. And then we decide whether it should be tossed into the black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again or remembered until, I don't know, humans become extinct, which have you been watching the news lately? (laughs) It could be any day now. Uh, but, uh, anyway, my name is Steve and, uh, with me is my co-host. Yeah. Hell. And, uh, how are you doing, Steve? Uh, I'm, I'm doing great. How are you? I, I'm doing great, Steve. Uh, how are, how are
1: you <laughs> much? Uh, you, sorry, I forgot how the setup. <laughs> well, you know me, Steve, I'm doing great. I'm like a, uh, um, no matter how many times you try to flush me, I just cling to the wall. You are that turn on a toilet. You are wow, that type man, was, of guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I figured I'd let you have it this time around, but, uh, uh yeah, but anyway, it was a mistake. You should
1: have, you should have done it. It
0: was a mistake. <laughs> well, much like the first time we tried this, but, uh, pretend I didn't say that part. Uh, anyway, um, if you're wondering what we're babbling about, uh, we are babbling about the 1998, uh, Fox TV Superhero Marvel Cinematic uh, Universe Masterpiece, uh, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., starring the one and only uh, David Hasselhoff. Uh, what, did, um, <laughs> what did you think of the uh, of Hoff's performance in this? Or are we just uh, getting too far ahead of ourselves? <laughs> I mean, we probably are getting a little far mm-hmm. b- uh,
1: ahead of ourselves, but honestly, it was pretty, it, it was better than I expected, and I expected it to be pretty fun. <laughs> it's david hasselhoff and he's a ham
0: right you know? right right i think he's one of the few saving graces uh about this um but uh before we get too far into the film uh what is your experience with um the nick fury uh comic book character from marvel any opinion any history at all there i mean for me he was always uh just kind of a guy that showed up like
1: uh in the comics that i read at least i didn't read hmm. any comics where he was like a regular monthly character so he would just you know just kind of show up sometimes in the storylines uh, that i would read and he'd be like hey this is happening and it was always like at least how i remember it was like he'd be like butting in on the x-men's plan or something sure, and, sure sure
0: sure you know, i remember
1: now a- nick fury shield operation right blah blah
0: right right yeah in the 90s everyone was against uh authority uh including shield i remember did you ever have that wolverine top secret comic with like the gashes Mm -hmm. i remember there's a really cool i think that's actually drawn by jim lee there's like a really cool scene where for some reason wolverine infiltrates uh the shield helicarrier and there's a cool standoff between him and uh in Nick Fury but um David
1: Hasselhoff oh
0: (laughs) well (laughs) that was before we knew he was inevitably inevitably going to become David Hasselhoff and then somehow uh morph into Samuel L. Jackson but we're going to explain how that happened uh in a second but I don't know I I think I'm uh with you it seems like in the 90s there wasn't a lot of uh I don't know I don't even know if there was like a Nick Fury uh monthly or weekly title uh going on like I thought he was a pretty cool character i remember i actually read the um um like the episode where he episode the issue where he becomes like a, a shield agent is a strange tales number 135 and i had like a, a reprint of that and i was a huge james bond fan and to me it was just like oh well he's the marvel version of uh of james bond uh but it, he wasn't always like that uh, so hmm. let's just take a Quick look at the history of the original Nick Fury. He was created by writer artist Jack Kirby and writer Stan Lee, and he uh, first appeared in Sergeant Fury in his Howling Commandos number one, all the way back in May of 1963. And that was when he was. It was a uh, World War II. It was basically a war book, and he led the. Um, Howling commandos to fight against uh the Nazis or whoever at that time. As you do. Uh, yes, as you do. And uh but yeah, like he was still Nick Fury. He always uh had the cigar and um and I guess I don't know, that book sort of ran its course. And then he appeared once again in Fantastic Four number 21 in December of 1963 as a CIA agent. And then they reworked him to be uh, the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's basically where he became that version of uh, Nick Fury, the one that we see portrayed expertly by uh, by David <laughs> Hasselhoff uh, in this film, which. Um, But if you want to go just a little bit further and you might, you know, you might be asking yourself, well, you know, how did he go from David Hasselhoff to Samuel L. Jackson? And uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, Basically, do you remember the ultimate comic books in the... uh, Sure do. Yeah. Well, like when... They were very successful for a while. They were. And for some reason, they killed... Like basically when Disney built or bought uh, Marvel Comics, they... Destroyed the ultimates for whatever reason, uh, killed them but, off. You know,
1: I, I think that would have happened anyway because, like, it like big event crossover things have been. I mean, they, they were always popular in comic books, but they've become like just so rampant, they occur all the time. I think oh, it's yeah. inevitable that Marvel would have done a thing because, isn't that what ends up happening? There's like a big uh, event, and like the ultimate universe crosses in with some of the other universes, and then only like certain characters from each universe end up in the main six one six. Right. Area. I mean, I
0: think base the only one that's successfully crossed over and stayed, as far as I could tell, is Miles Morales Spider Man. Um, yeah. I mean, can well, you... and
1: Nick Fury, right?
0: Well, see, here's the thing with that. Okay, so uh, Samuel Jackson got cast as Nick Fury because he, you know, he wanted a part, <laughs> so they gave him that, and so they then created the samuel jackson uh, nick fury for the ultimate universe they then killed off the ultimate universe so they're like hmm well we've got a thing here uh you know people who have never read a marvel comic are gonna come in and they're gonna be like why is nick fury white he doesn't look like samuel jackson lo and behold the creation of nick fury jr his son who just happens to be african-american uh, and then they just basically sort of eh, swept old Nick Fury Senior under the rug, kind of put him yeah. out to pasture. Uh, I don't. I, I remember some weird storyline where they said he was like some sort of weird cosmic assassin or something. I don't even know if that's even <laughs> canon at this point. But yeah. So so yeah, basically Nick Fury Jr <laughs> took over. And it's just like, did you ever um see uh, that movie Beer Fest? Like it's a really, no. well, it's really dumb. Like we kill off one of the main characters and then basically the same actor comes back like as that character's brother. And he's like, yeah, I'm his brother. But, you know, why don't you just call me Landfill? Because like that was his name. It's just, it's a dumb joke. He just, oh, that's funny. Just wore yeah, a hat. So it's like, you don't need to call me Nick Fury Jr. Just call me Nick Fury. And, you know, and then, you know, life goes on. Uh, yeah, so anyway, um, why don't we, uh, jump into the movie unless you have anything else you'd like to add about the the Nick Fury comic book character? Uh, no, no, uh, you already go through the cast. Uh, let me, uh, hit the bumper and then we will jump into the movie. I I apologize. All right. Oh, there's a great picture of Samuel L. Jackson, Dick Fury already right off the bat. Uh, yeah, we've got our um, photo collage going here. That's I mean, there wasn't a lot of really great uh, screen grabs that I could find on um, on Google image searches for this uh, for this film. So I put in some stuff from the comics as well. Um, but uh, anyway yeah let's uh jump into the imdb here um as i said nick fury agent of shield was released may 26, 1998 so you said you've never seen this like were you, when it even yeah. came out were you aware of it nope oh. uh i heard
1: about it like maybe mid 2000s and i don't even know how i became aware of it and i've always wanted to watch it so i was actually
0: like pretty excited to watch it but yeah i i, I didn't, I don't remember a single commercial or anything, well, I know I watched it, and I remember he even came on Conan to promote it. Uh, and he seemed he was all in on this. and uh, I don't know if you uh, read on the IMDB, but this is actually considered a backdoor pilot, just like Generation X was um for mm-hmm. a possible show. but uh, as you'll see, it uh, just <laughs> It didn't turn into that. Uh, no, it did not. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this is directed by <sighs> Rod Hardy.
1: <laughs> so, wow. is Rod Hardy yet uh, another uh, card carrying member of the Porn Directors Union, oh. uh, as we continue to see? Or is he the long lost brother of the Hardy b- Boys?
0: Oh, man. Or both? <laughs> Did you did you steal my jokes like out of my hard drive? But yeah, because that's what I was gonna say. I was, um well, according to IMDB, you know, it could be different on like, you know, porn IMDB, but yeah, Rod Hardy. Yeah, porn DB, I believe. I yeah, know, yeah. Um industry term. <laughs> Rod Hardy is a Aussie director. He's still working today. Pretty much only works in uh TV non-porn from what I can tell. He's directed X-Files, um uh, Battlestar Galactica, The Good One, <laughs> the one that we used to oh, okay. love, uh Burn Notice, uh JAG and a whole oh. bunch of other stuff. Uh, and he's yeah, so look out some for... decent stuff there in his resume actually. Yeah, yeah, and he's got stuff coming down the pike, so look forward to more. Rod, stuff coming down. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Rod Hardy is just—he's erect to work with you. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I believe
1: though he usually says that he's got more stuff coming down the rod. No,
0: uh, not, nailed
1: the, uh, it. Nailed pike. it. So just—I yeah. just, just, know he's sensitive about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's sensitive. All
0: right, so sensitive Very that he sensitive he broad. doesn't even like wearing a condom. I hear he makes all those actors <laughs> raw dog. Anyway, uh, this was uh, surprisingly written by uh, David Goyer. Um, are you familiar with uh, his work? Uh,
1: no, I, like I know the name, but uh, didn't he do like something on um, Christopher Nolan's like uh, Batman trilogy?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, arguably you could say that like. David Goyer is kind of like the founding father of, I don't know, popular cinematic superhero stuff. <laughs> but I wanted to make sure I got some of his uh, less popular stuff um, on here. Barely he wrote Kickboxer 2. So, you know, he can put that on his gravestone. But, sure. uh, but in addition to that, he did uh, the Blade uh, Trilogy which he also directed Blade 3, which is awful. Anyone remember that one? Is uh, that one with Triple H? Yes, yes, it's so <laughs> bad. And <laughs> notice there was never another Blade movie after that. Um, yeah. And he also uh, um, wrote Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman. and But I kind of feel like, unless I'm mistaken, I don't know, his sort of like tone or style has kind of... Uh, maybe seen its better days. um, But I'm sure he'll... Yeah, this dude
1: is all over the place Mm -hmm. uh, with
0: his writing, what Mm -hmm. he's written.
1: Like, I don't know, to go from writing... Like, I also saw that he had written uh, Dark City, which I love.
0: Oh, it's a great movie, absolutely.
1: But, like, to go... Like It's hard to believe that that's
0: the same guy that wrote Kickboxer 2 and that also <laughs> wrote Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you, Shield. But, hey, I thought the script was one of the stronger things with this, uh, but uh, but we'll get there. Um, this was executive produced by Stan Lee and Avia Arad because they executive produced all the Marvel stuff for Fox back in the day, and the production yeah. companies were... <laughs> this is a great one fury productions limited partnership yeah uh national studios incorporated 20th century fox television and marvel enterprises and uh would you like to take the cast sure so of course we have the uh star
1: of the show david hasselhoff Uh, i mean of course he's been in a million things Mm. uh i almost said kit knight rider (laughs) Baywatch, Baywatch Nights. Uh, if you're uh, oh, an adult into the sizzle, we need to
0: we need to review that.
1: <laughs> I think we I think we do. Yeah. Uh, but and obviously you've got his music career, uh, especially mm-hmm. if you're German. You you know what we're talking about ah uh, da, da.
0: Oh wait, that's I Russian. <laughs>
1: I asked my my girlfriend, who's like 10 years uh, younger than me, uh-huh. uh, almost 11 years younger than me, if she knew who David Hasselhoff was, because mm-hmm. she usually doesn't know who these people are. She goes, oh, yeah, I know who he is. I was like, oh, well, what do you know him from Knight Rider, uh, you know, Baywatch? And she goes, from the SpongeBob, SpongeBob movie.
0: Oh, that's uh- right. I forgot he was in that. <laughs> well, I would say that his last, like most, like significant um, work was, uh, are you familiar with Kung Fury? Yeah, yeah, did you see the music video that he? Yes. Oh, that was so good. And he's got—he yeah. really has an amazing voice. If you haven't heard David Hasselhoff sing, uh, you should go check it out on YouTube right now. Yeah,
1: yeah. you're wasting your ears. <laughs> yeah. You heard this man <laughs> belt out of tune. Right. And you're wasting your eyes if you haven't seen any of his videos, because his videos are—I don't know if I'd say they're good, mm-hmm. but they're always
0: entertaining. Well, the Kung Fury um, one certainly is.
1: Uh, and don't they call him Kung Fury a couple of times in this movie? Coincidentally,
0: did they? some of the uh, some like of German
1: B- people call him Kung Fury.
0: B- Colonel Fury is what they're calling oh, him.
1: Oh, okay. That'd
0: be really about. weird. Like, that, yeah, there's some time travel like, involved there. <laughs> yeah.
1: I guess I just had like Kung Fury in my mm-hmm. head, you know, because of the video, his music. And I was just right. like, what is this? Anyways, we have Lisa Renna mm-hmm. who um, she's been like. And like she is very recognizable, she's been in a bunch of stuff. Like mm-hmm. I think uh, it's mostly um, like soap operas, mm-hmm. uh, but she's been in a bunch of stuff, uh, a, lot, a lot of small uh, small parts. But uh, I'm gonna start going through the rest of these because you probably haven't heard of a lot of these other people: Sandra Hess, mm-hmm. Neil Roberts, Gary Chalk. Sandra Hess plays the main villain, the Andrea Vaughn Strucker mm-hmm. <laughs> slash Viper.
0: Yep, which, I mean, that's an actual uh, villain in the comic, although she has green hair. Uh, I don't know why they didn't go that route, but I thought, uh, I mean, I don't know if we should save it for later, but I thought she was pretty strong. She hammed it up real good, I thought.
1: Yeah, I thought she did a pretty good job, too. Um, Her accent uh, was (laughs) a little...
0: (laughs) over the top. Oh, sure, (laughs) they all were.
1: Yeah. Sometimes, uh, sometimes the accent, her German accent was good, sometimes mm. not so good, but, uh, but she was like really into it and it seemed like she got,
0: Yeah. you know. Oh, sure. Uh, I, w-
1: I would say her and Hasselhoff are definitely uh, uh, some of the standouts, but, you know, her, she I think is one of the many people in this cast who are in Stargate, mm. oddly enough, mm. like almost everybody except for David Hasselhoff and Lisa Rena in this cast have been in Stargate SG one. Oh, the show. Was, oh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, really weird. Uh, but anyways, uh, Gary Chalk, uh, who cares? <laughs> Tracy Waterhouse doesn't even get a picture on IMDb, even though <laughs> she had a bunch of credits. I don't know why. Tom McBeath, he was uh, director general Jack Pincer. Ron Canada, who I know you're a big fan of his name.
0: Hey, <laughs> eh, what are you
1: talking about? Eh? <laughs> Uh, but Ron Canada, he is a guy who has been in uh, Babylon 5, mm-hmm. uh, but more importantly, Steve, he was in not one episode of Star Trek, not two, but three, over across three different series, three different characters. What? And that's where I know Mr. Canada from.
0: All right, wait for it. Ah, oh no, we've just entered another Star Trek connection. Ah! yeah I think um didn't we talk about Ron he's been in tons of stuff though? we talked about Ron Canada before, haven't we? yeah yeah he was also um
1: a journalist too mm-hmm. um and it- he was like doing news stuff at the same time that he was uh acting, which is kind of I don't know a little odd yeah. but his his character in this movie is weird because he's like the doctor mm-hmm. right and but he's also like a tech.
0: God. Right, and then at the end, or when they go to talk to the president, he's also he introduces himself as uh, the head, like something that was like really high up. It's like they couldn't figure out exactly what it. He was a jack of all trades, uh, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will. I uh, disagree with you on. Uh, I thought Gary Chalk as Timothy Dum Dum Dugan was actually pretty good, um, or at least solid compared to a lot of. And Dum Dum Dugan is actually a character from the comics. He's a Howling Commando. And you can actually see him in, um, you can see all the Howling Commandos in Captain America the First Avenger uh, for anyone who cares continue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the other kind of standout character was the guy that was playing the uh, director of... Um... <laughs> oh, you mean Mr. Burrell?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> he was the
0: typical 90s boss, and he even, he, yeah. even at the end, he goes out in the typical 90s boss way uh, with a punch to the face. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. He was a hard ass, real yeah. mean to Nick Fury. Nobody respected uh, him. <laughs> yeah. And he's, of course, like a clueless moron. Right, right. But uh, right. acts like he knows what's best. Sure. And, um, he's the guy that they actually, uh, when uh, Nick Fury sees him, you know, he's like, oh, you surprised to see me? And Nick Fury's like, no, guys like you tend to cling to the wall. Yes. No matter how hard, How many times you flush? Yeah. Which is like, that's not the first one-liner mm. from Nick Fury, but it's one of the one of the first best that really, really hit.
0: Yeah, it's actually. Um, I usually don't expect like quality one-liners like this from David Goyer. Uh, there's actually on the I guess writer's commentary of Blade, he actually admits to at least at that point in time to not being good at dialogue. Uh, And I also remember the like the final line of Blade before he kills uh, Deacon Frost. He says, "You know, some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill." And then he kills the guy, and it's like, "What?" (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But like
1: David Goyer just has had very specific and niche life experiences right. and he just tries to
0: like <laughs> <laughs> put it to dialogue. You, you know, you jerks are like the thirty one flavors at Baskin Robbins. There's always a vanilla bean. I don't know. <laughs> like <laughs> it's uh but yeah he One short of thirty two. Right. <laughs> you know, I prefer cold stone, but no, it just goes on and on. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Well I mean in, to David Gore's like defense, like his dad did die trying to ice skate up a hill. So <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, his dad was a motherfucker. <laughs>
0: his mom, so uh,
1: you know, it makes that
0: son think about Son, it. promise me you'll write a bunch of mediocre superhero movies. <laughs> uh, are you frozen? What the heck? Why are you frozen? Oh my god! Steve, you have. Are you there? Oh, now you're back. Okay, you, you froze all during that. You froze, too. Well, that's too bad because it was Academy Award winning stuff. But uh, anyway, yeah, um, yeah. let's uh, go ahead and finish Uh, up. Speaking
1: of David, David, just uh, one thing about David Goyer. Mm -hmm. I did read uh, that he that he thought the movie was not good Mm -hmm. and uh, that he did think, though, that uh, David Hasselhoff was one of the few people in the cast that really got it, that it was meant to be kind of schlocky and hammy. And uh, so he was really happy. He, he initially was unhappy when he heard that David uh, Hasselhoff got cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the end, he thought it was a great choice. And apparently he
0: wrote this like years before they made it. Right. I could see that. Huh. So like he was good with one liners and then they it went away and then maybe somehow it came back. I don't know. Uh... Maybe he was like uh, this style must not be working since it didn't get. Made or picked right, up. right, yeah. I mean, and at, at certain angles, uh, back to the, the casting of uh, Hasselhoff, like he really does look like the original Nick yes. Fury. If he added just a little bit of a you know, white on the sides, right. and especially now since he's older, I mean, you know, I'm not thrilled with the whole multiverse thing that's going on with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I really hope that like Doctor Strange ends up in an alternate you know version where. Uh, Hasselhoff is playing Nick Fury. I think. I mean, that'd be great. I would fanboy out for that. I admit it.
1: I mean, David Hasselhoff has already been in one of the MCU movies. Right. Didn't he like play himself in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep.
0: Yep. There you go. Yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, H- Hasselhoff though is great, and y- you know, I think like the one liners. I mean, they are. There's a lot of fun one liners the way they're written, but Hasselhoff's delivery is so what good. Really completes it. You know? Yeah. And uh, and no matter how good the one-liner is or how bad it is. Cause there's a few that like, are kind of like what? Sure. He just delivers them. Like oh. he, like, like Shakespeare just <laughs> gave him this dialogue to say. like.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger quality. Uh, one-liners. Uh, absolutely. Um, and Hasselhoff, I think th- I never realized how big he is. He's a pretty big dude. Yeah. He's, he was the right guy to play Nick Fury. Yeah. There's no doubt about yeah. it. like, there was, uh, and this is jumping ahead a bit, like, before he gets into, like, the, you know, um, I guess typical Nick Fury uh, outfit, like, the dark blue pleathery thing, like, they have him wearing a, <laughs> for some reason, wearing, like, a blue shirt underneath, like, a... um a jacket, you know, when they're doing all the spy stuff, like in the, mm-hmm. uh, the second act. And I don't know. I thought that was kind of an odd choice. Um, I guess they were really trying to hammer home the blue. Um, I guess, yeah. but, um, but yeah, actually there were a lot of odd costume choices, especially when we first see our, uh, our two villains, the, I guess you could call them the, the Hydra brother and sister <laughs> they're like mm-hmm. wearing some ridiculous stuff. Um, but, uh, anyway, um, should we jump? I mean, we pretty much covered all the standouts in the cast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we can go to the synopsis. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. Where did I, what did I do with the synopsis? Uh, here it is. Okay. <clears throat> Agents of the terrorist organization Hydra invade a shield facility, killing Clay Quartermain and reviving a cryogenically preserved baron Wolfgang von Strucker. Nick Fury, retired and living in an abandoned mineshaft in the Yukon, is approached by S.H.I.E.L.D. agents to return to duty to take down HYDRA, now led by the children of von Strucker, an old enemy of his. And that's basically it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you know, it's that classic story
0: of, you know, fired government employee that goes to live in an abandoned mine For shaft. Sure, I mean they're always so welcoming. I wish I lived in one.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: But yeah, uh, some in- interesting things, I guess, right off the bat is like, of course, you know, Nick Fury is the the character, the original character is around in World War II. I c- in the comics they explain that he he and Cap like don't age. I mean, even though, of course cap fell into the uh, the ice and it kept him like, you know, cryogenically intact, but they still explained that they have some sort of, s- there's s- some sort of serum in both of them that keeps them from aging. Obviously they didn't want to deal with any of that stuff. So they made Nick Fury here, I guess, a relic of the cold war. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. it actually leads to, uh, a pretty good line when they're, um, like, I guess we should jump into the sort of series of events here real quick. Like, so basically, they ask uh, um, Nick to to come back to Shield HQ. The um, the British agent, I just call him Agent Brit. Um, and, but what I love is that Nick Fury automatically attacks him before before getting any kind of info from him or anything. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. But I mean, because that's that's what you do, and, and, and right? And the guy is like such a
1: wide, you know, like wide-eyed, uh, in awe right. of Nick Fury. He's mm-hmm. like smiling as he's getting beat up. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was like us getting tossed around by Bubba and Devon, right? <laughs> yeah. For like maybe the, maybe the first move. Yeah. That, I just remember I was like, I got body slammed by Devon. Oh, yeah.
1: that last, well, yeah. W- once, once I got backdropped into the, uh, the ropes that my, my, my uh, wide-eyed fascination with Bubba ended.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just remember like, am I going to hit the light? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, yeah. So he's enjoying his ass beating at the hands of the legend uh, Nick Fury. And uh, But then he's like, oh, oy, I'm from S.H.I.E.L.D. and I'm British. Um, he's like, we need you to come back. And again, uh, we get some... Uh, a decent line here from nick where he's just like ah you can tell shield to like cram it up their collective somethings i don't think he says Mm -hmm. ass it's all very uh cartoony for the most part we get he says the word butt once (laughs) yeah um and but of course he ends up after they say that uh, uh alan quartermain or clay quartermain like died then of course they end up going to shield hq where Fury is reunited with his uh, um, former boss, the current head of Shield, uh, Pincer. Is it? Um, yeah, I think so. And uh, yeah, there's, and that's when you get your typical. It's like, you know, we don't need people like you around here, Fury. And he's like, Well, then why'd you call me back? Like, you know, you obviously needed me because you called me back. Uh, yeah. And we're getting a lot of. Um, and this... to be
1: clear, th- this guy didn't call him back. The president specifically right. asked for Nick Fury, mm-hmm. and obviously the President of the United States up a little bit higher
0: than Director <laughs> Pincer. I guess so. i am just... Let's see, 98, that would have been... Um, well, that would have been Clinton or Bush at that uh, point? I think it would have been Clinton. I was like, he's in the middle of like playing a saxophone. And he's like, hey, baby, <laughs> can you get that Nick Fury guy on the phone? Sorry, I've, I haven't <laughs> done a Clinton in a long time, and for good reason. Uh, but uh, But yeah, so basically... I mean, this is our Act One after the cold open. We get to see a lot of uh, gadgets inside the Shield Helicarrier, and they don't even really—they didn't even show the, a full shot of the Shield Helicarrier at the beginning, did they? Um,
1: yeah, they. No, a, no, 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 not, not the Helicarrier itself. Just
0: the uh, the plane that. Comes right, to pick the them thing up, that brought them looks up a there. It's
1: like a small helicarrier.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, if you've seen the, um, you know, the S.H.I.E.L.D. carrier in the, like, Avengers movies and stuff, you, you might not be that impressed with these effects.
1: <laughs> you, you know, like, I actually didn't think they were that bad. Yeah,
0: me either. I didn't think they were too uh, bad. This is a $6 million TV movie, right? actually. Yeah. I,
1: which I don't know. Is that a lot? Or, like, is that, like, I feel like it's a lot for a TV movie in 1998, mm-hmm. but maybe not a lot of money. For, and it's such an ambitious TV movie in 1998 right. because they have, like, a lot of pretty big sets. Uh, you know, they build, like, a lot of, like, you know, tech and gadgets. <laughs> um,
0: and it's all analog. It's great. Yeah. I, I swear. I mean. Yeah. At one point, it looked like they were talking into the, like, the monitor of, like, a discarded arcade game or something. Right, was, right, right. Awesome. They, they found,
1: like, some widescreen CRTs, turned them on their side.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um which I was wondering too, like where they got those, because I mean, widescreen CRTs were a thing, yeah. but they weren't like easy to come by. So this is right. kind of odd, but
0: right. Um, right.
1: But yeah, so um, I thought the special effects with those. Sorry, I'm to go on a tangent, but with those uh, helicarriers carriers and the ships and stuff, mm-hmm. sometimes they looked better than others. But I like that they tried to do things to make them look better. Like whenever it was flying through clouds, they would they did a good job of obscuring it at the right time, right? The they cloud had the, and having the... a Mm -hmm. layer of transparency so they
0: they clearly whoever worked on the visual effects you know cared right right i think i would say that uh most people involved with this seem to care uh, for sure especially david hasselhoff yeah um that's him getting arrested right now um hopefully not uh but uh but yeah so you know we spend a lot of time on We spend a lot of time on the helicarrier. We get to meet uh, David Hassel or Nick Fury's life model decoy, which I wonder if that's going to play into the story at all. Um, Can we talk
1: about this life model decoy, Steve? Sure, Uh, let's do it. What did you think about how it looked?
0: (laughs) I thought it it looked like they made an even more buff than the actual um david hasselhoff right. it was like some bodybuilder's body and then like uh-huh. his mask or his face on it uh, it was funny
1: yeah i thought that, um, that was pretty funny too mm-hmm. um and uh but but yeah obviously it was something that was going to come back up but like it's but it is that that's a thing in the comics that's been around forever like oh Model sure decoys. oh absolutely so
0: honestly like
1: it's like eh, i'll allow it yeah
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, and then he's also given his uh, his gun that only works when he uses it. I wonder if that's going to play. into You know
1: someone's going to die because of that.
0: Right, yeah. This is all very, you know, sort of Escape from New York, which, I mean, the script is really a mix between Demolition Man and Escape from New York, I'd say. There's like a scene when they're in the elevator and the computer is giving agent British guy like a hard time. And so Nick Fury just shoots it and it automatically works because this yeah, is that kind yeah, of movie. Yeah. I mean, and these are all sort of just tropes of like 90s ac- sci fi action movie stuff, which is okay. Right. I don't know. I chuckle at it. Someone might watch it and sort of roll their eyes at this point, but uh, you know, have fun with it. Why not? Um, uh, so, yeah. So basically, we eventually, all right, we're on there for a while and they find out that they, have to, and also, I feel this is when the pace really kind of slows down mm-hmm. um, for a while, which I feel is uh, this movie's biggest flaw. Is that I mean, it's weird because all the like in- energy and expediency is like there in the script, but somehow it still seems to drag for some reason. Like it, it, it it's cause nothing happens for like 15, yes. 20 minutes. They had to like stretch it out. I mean, maybe they should have just done like an hour pilot instead of like a full on TV movie. Um, yeah. But anyway, this is what they, this is what they decided to go with. And eventually uh, they're hanging out inside and a, a life model decoy of pincer comes in. Is that, or am I getting, too... yeah, you're way too far. Ahead okay. Okay. Before that.
1: We do have uh, Viper, like, she uh, calls all the world leaders. That's um, what happens, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, and she, like, and not. well, she calls, like, all of the evil world leaders from <laughs> uh, those other countries.
0: <laughs> right, uh,
1: that, <laughs> that aren't America. That aren't American. Yeah. Anyways, so she explains to them, like, that, you know, her plan, which is basically, the, and this is part of uh, what slowed the movie down. Mm-hmm. They explained that uh, Nick Fury and everybody else found out or figured out that They stole her dad's frozen body, Mm. the exit of Hydra. By the way, why were they keeping his body frozen? Who
0: knows? (laughs) Why was why
1: why were Shield keeping his body frozen?
0: Yeah, so they could thaw him out later, and I don't know. So dumb. Yeah, it's dumb. Like there was some virus that uh, he had created.
1: The death's head Um, virus. Yeah, right. And they were like, the world leaders were like, "Oh, this virus is too." powerful we can't come up with an antidote for it we got to just kill the virus eradicate it, so nobody uses it fine they do that but naturally some of it had they said like merged with like the head of hydra's dna which makes no sense of course but whatever (laughs) uh this is this is a world where you shoot an elevator and it takes you to your floor so you know (laughs) (laughs) happen works for me every time so who's to say this doesn't wouldn't work so anyways uh, Viper, she is going to extract the virus from her father's body and then uh, you know, make copies of it and use that to poison um all of Manhattan or something and kill eight right. million Americans. Right. For the princely sum of one billion dollars <laughs> is gonna be her ransom that she's gonna demand right. from the United States government. But of course, even if she gets the money, she's still gonna let off the the virus. Right, because she's
0: them. evil. so anyways that's like 15 minutes of the movie right there right yeah there's a lot of explanation Uh, basically shield helicarrier is used for exposition purposes (laughs) people just hang out on there and talk and then we also get that with uh hydra as well so anyway they go and we're now in the second act territory nick goes on a little spy adventure with the um the psychic agent, uh, an agent Brit.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, we forgot that there's a psychic agent who's there mostly for comedic
0: relief, oddly enough. But she, she's pretty boring, though, as, a, as an actress, at least. Um, but,
1: but, well, basically, her quote-unquote comedic relief consists of somebody saying something and her going uh-uh, I know you really care about X and you don't
0: have to be a psychic to tell. Oh, God, it was so <laughs> bad. I mean, you know, I, I enjoy cliche, but, like, that was just, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't funny in the slightest. But uh, anyway, uh, so they go to... Uh, uh, it, it's it's Viper in disguise. She is supposed to be an Interpol agent that has um information about something they um they meet up with her and then they go and finally we get some action uh they start getting shot at and they run into this tunnel and go through this holographic wall um that i guess it's a shield safe house or something which that would happen in the comic at least uh but then the uh Interpol agent is like, uh, you know, Nick, come and follow me over here. And he's like, Oh, well, he's like, well, What do you want? It's <laughs> like, I want to, I want to make out right now. <laughs> um, and he's like, Uh, we don't have time for this. And then basically, it's Viper and she ends up kissing him and giving him the death's head virus, basically. Uh,
1: no, 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 she gives him a different virus. It's, um, is some cuz remember like later on Ron Canada says that it's extracted from some frog that makes like the most lethal toxin.
0: Right. But but I I mean I thought you said that it merged with her. Like does she have the ability to mm-hmm. give people different <laughs> different poisons? Well, Ron from... Canada also says that she <laughs> must have an immunity
1: to it and we can uh, right so, right you know, right extract it from her. Actually he says that this might have even been made in part with her like DNA and we right. can use her blood to Cure use. Whew,
0: but, So um, convoluted. <clears throat> but yes, so, yeah. yeah, she gives him some kind of a poison. And yeah, and this but, is very. I, I do think we should point out why
1: they were going to that safe house, mm-hmm. which is that sci- there's a scientist there that used to work for Hydra that, mm-hmm. you know, Shield had. Oh, yes,
0: of course. Zola, who was a yeah. uh, big player in the MCU, especially in the Captain America world. Um, I think the last movie he was in was winter soldier I think and I think so uh, yeah and he's really just a uh, at that point he's just like a a brain in a computer <laughs> and here you just get a mr. burns looking old man uh, breathing yeah. out of a ventilator which is equally horrifying yeah, um, yeah the and, she, and Viper wants to kidnap
1: him back well or I guess in her view probably liberate him mm-hmm. but uh because she's gonna need him to synthet- synthesize the virus that's in her dad
0: make copies and then you know use that to right, right, right the Americans. Um, and uh, yeah, the um, agent psychic tries to like read his mind and what's in there, but World War II stock footage. <laughs> <laughs> uh which i thought you don't need to be a psychic to know that right of course (laughs) he's an old nazi of course there's world war ii footage in there um yeah exactly uh yeah um so uh they do there's a lot of tropes in this movie like she kisses him
1: to and the point of poisoning him is to kill nick fury Mm -hmm. and and like it takes it's weird because it kind of takes effect right or she shocks him first um she could just like stab him or shoot him right then and there mm-hmm. but instead she kisses him with this poison that's gonna take we find out like in a scene or two later 48 hours to kill him <laughs> and it's not like he's gonna be like tortured for these 48 hours and like oh that's why she's not killing him now because she wants him to be in horrible pain for two days no 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 no. he's just gonna have a a, a mild fever Mm-hmm. For, for like a day. And then it's at the very end of those 48 hours that he'd like lose motor skills or whatever.
0: Yeah, see, I was thinking about that and like I wonder if they chose to go with that just so they could make things a little bit harder for Nick Fury um because, you know, otherwise he could, you know, punch and take out people like no problem cuz he's a super spy. Like that's his thing, but you know, if we see him struggling to do stuff Maybe we can relate to him a little bit more. Maybe I'm just reading too far into it. But he doesn't really struggle too much throughout the movie. Not to the end. He does seem to struggle pretty hard at the end. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Um, But sorry, I interrupted you. Uh, Yes. So she poisons him and then? um, And then basically they grab Zola and um, disappear into the night, more or less. Uh, Hydra has Zola. Yeah, and then they go back to the shield helicarrier, and of course, old man Penser is just, Oh, Fury, how could you let him go? Like, it's all his fault, right? (laughs) It's it's all you
1: you got poisoned on purpose, (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: right? Yeah, it's all pretty laughable. Um, well, I'm trying to find my uh, my spy here. Um, let's see. They, uh, Fury and uh, Black Hair Lady Agent, I don't remember her name, but I remember after he realizes he's poisoned, they have a little chat about their past failed romance. Um, And that is one thing I can say about, again, the script is that they did give Fury, a slight character arc, which I, um, you know, give them props to. Uh, I mean, it's basically, you know, him just realizing at the end that maybe I do love this sexy agent woman. It just took me a while to like figure it. It took me getting poisoned to figure it out. But that's uh, jumping too far ahead. Um, and then this is the, the scene where the life model decoy of a uh, pincer comes in. And this is good. This is so pulpy. I am like over the top and it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Cause right. this life model decoy comes in. Nick Fury aims his gun at pincer. Everybody ducks real pincer yeah, real pincer ducks. And then he I, sh- I think we, we should, well, the, the, sorry, Steve, but we should set
1: the scene. Like this model, this model decoy comes in, he's in an elevator with a bunch of like other like people that work at Shield including the real Pincer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and he
0: and this is a model a decoy of Pincer. Right, right. And it's so stupid because like okay so all right so he tries to shoot it the bullets just bounce off of him. Its mouth opens up, and it shoots out a holographic projection <laughs> of Viper, and she tells them that the uh, the missiles in Manhattan with, I guess, the the poison on it are going to go mm-hmm. off unless they pay the, the $1 billion or whatever it is. Um, and the, the thing with this is, if you can have if a, a robot just walk right into the S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier, why not just put a nuke in there and blow the whole yeah, thing up like, exactly <laughs> so I, I don't
1: get it either i mean it's uh, like and obviously the answer is okay well then there'd be no show fine right but don't right. like create these scenarios right where you leave the audience asking these kind of questions
0: well it was the 90s hell yeah. nobody asked these questions everyone was dumber back then <laughs> i guess i don't know uh, yeah, maybe so, uh... There weren't any super nerds like there are now. Yeah. Um, People didn't know you could just take horse pace for everything back then. You know? People <laughs> were dumb. That's a timely <laughs> reference. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so so then the the robot does blow up, doesn't it? It just sort of yeah, self-destructs. Yeah
1: he, yeah, he like has a very, what I would call a mild explosion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like parts of him kind of go poof, poof, but they're right. like little tiny explosions. Then he just kind of like catches on fire in a very controlled manner and kind of disintegrates yeah that Except way his you know board apparently
0: he was just there to deliver the message not to hurt anyone or destroy the shield helicarrier right. in any way right. uh and then very we're considerate of uh viper we're treated to another uh somewhat hilarious sort of um one-liner where pincer goes <laughs> How did you know which one to shoot? And Nick Fury's like, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ron Canada sticks his head out. and goes, oh. <laughs> yeah. He does a lot of that, it seems like. Um, yeah. So, yeah,
1: you... Steve, uh, this, the the lady that's like Nick Fury's love interest. Mm-hmm. I got to read you her name because it's really long and I had written it down. Mm-hmm. Contessa Valentina mm-hmm. Val de Allegro Fontaine.
0: Wow. I don't yeah. I don't remember her from the comics. Um, but uh good for her. That's quite a name. Um yeah, yeah I don't Long
1: Walk down the
0: rod. As <laughs> right. Scott Hardy would say. <laughs> <laughs> I think her name was probably more interesting than her performance. Uh it yeah. was pretty monotone, I'd say. Uh so yeah, so now basically we've set up the act three. Um and their two teams have to. Oh, did they have the meeting with the president after that? Um,
1: uh, yeah, because Nick Fury already has been told you've got 48 hours to live, mm-hmm. maybe we can synthesize a serum from you know Viper's blood. Oh, which by the way, there's a great line from David Hasselhofer, where he's like. Well, I'm gonna go after her and get her blood or whatever, and you're like, no, you can't. You're 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 not gonna be in any condition. And he's like, listen, I'm gonna get her blood even if I have to suck it right out of her neck. That, yeah, I'm gonna get that vampire's blood even if I have to it. suck it right yeah. out of her neck.
0: Yeah, that was good. The way yeah, the way he delivers those is just yeah. so good. Like, yeah, we're doing no justice to Hasselhoff's delivery. Right. That's what I that's what I miss about. I don't know. I guess like why can't there be lines like that in like Marvel movies these days um, but anyway um, so where are we now um, so yeah they're about, they they meet with the president mm-hmm. um of course like the uh, pincer he just wants to bomb everything uh but right. fury's Bef- like no we need to we need two teams Ah, uh, basically, uh, Agent Contessa has to go after the bombs, and Fury uh, again, along with Agent British guy and the psychic lady, have to go. Wh- where is exactly do they have to go again? Um, they're trying so to they- find the uh, the the Shield or the Hydra agents, right? Yeah, yeah, they're trying to find the Hydra headquarters.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, while Agent, like you said, Contessa, she goes and she follows uh tries to find the actual bombs which are going to be missiles uh right. that launch the, the the poison and you know nick fury has like a good reason for not bombing them because like the, the whole thing that spencer wants to the director wants to do is like find out where hydra is and bomb them and he's like well they're going to see us coming you idiot and right uh that's not going to do us any good and that doesn't mean that we're we're going to be able to stop the poison just because we bombed their headquarters
0: right right so basically <laughs> he embarrasses spencer in front of the president Mhm, And then he goes, I want, if anyone has any new ideas, you run them past me first. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and all right. So yeah, Contessa goes after the missiles. Uh, Fury and his team, they uh, infiltrate what they um, believe to be the Hydra um, hideout. And I remember there's supposed to be uh, lasers that look pretty bad. Mm-hmm look they yeah, look absolutely
1: the worst visual effects in the whole thing
0: yeah i mean i've i remember like fake lasers looking better in um i don't know like mission impossible episodes or something but uh, anyway shockingly bad yeah <laughs> it was sex. uh and there's a there's kind of a funny scene i like this because it's actually a play on uh the old trope of They're like, oh, look, there's one of the guards. And I think it's so weird that all the Hydra guards have like a blackout mask on. Right. um, I don't know. I think that's like, they're like, well, what can we get cheap? Um, And it doesn't, I mean, it's sort of what they kind of look like in the comic, I guess, but done in the cheapest way possible. Yeah. Uh, You know, there's a lot of extras in this movie, especially mm. on the helicarrier. So I, I assume that like they did it that way because they were probably reusing some of those same oh, people. Sure. The same stunt men over and over again. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, um, in a change of character, which kind of comes out of nowhere, I guess he wanted to impress fury or something. Agent British guy is like, oh, I was the best at, uh, you know, in class when it came to like, I don't know. It was like, infiltration like, like, killing. Yeah, silent something kill. like that. He said he
1: was head of his class in silent
0: killing. <laughs> and this actually feels like, you know, one of those scenes that uh, maybe kind of was filler because we have to wait for him to uh, forever to sneak up on this guy, this uh, yeah. this lone guard. And what he finally does, he tries to give him the old James Bond like judo chop or, or Spock, you know, whatever, to Kurt, the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, to the back of the neck. And it like, it does absolutely nothing to him. And then, uh, so the guard starts beating up agent British guy and then Nick Fury comes over and he tries to do it too. And it doesn't work for him either. So and he, he just it with a gun. So <laughs> he just shoots him. He just shoots him. He goes, and- sorry, pal. <laughs> like, yeah. After he shoots him, he goes, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think the, the real Nick Fury would apologize, but it's whatever. Um,
1: Steve, I don't think that was a real apology. I mean,
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Like, sorry. Um, <laughs> So yeah, they um, they eventually get captured. Um, at the same time, like uh, the Contessa and her team, they're um, uh, checking out some sort of van or something, and yeah, I, they're following uh, what looks like a uh, like a trash truck. Right, right. And this is when I can feel, I guess, the TV moviness of it all because, like, the additional shield agents just looks so bland and there's only like a couple of them. It's not like impressive looking at all. You know what I mean? Um, I guess in a cinematic sense. And I guess, you know, the whole thing's done in four by three anyway. And old uh, Rod Harding. I mean, I imagine he's just kind of a, you know, we got to get this uh, job done and doesn't, and there's not a lot of cinematography is what I'm trying to say Uh, in the whole film, like, but especially here. Uh, And um yeah, so they they discover the missiles. there's uh, there's a bit of action. Uh, Fury and his team. they end up getting captured and put in an ice box. Of course, why not just shoot him? Um, yeah, put him in an ice box in some ways, I can see why, like, you know, the action movie kind of died because like they just used the same tropes over and over again. yeah, and then and then along comes uh, Austin Powers and makes fun of them all. And everyone's like, hey, those movies are stupid. We don't want them anymore. Uh, but you're just <laughs> supposed to write a better movie, anyway. Um. So, th- and tell me if this makes sense or not. All right. So they're trying to figure out how to get out of out of this ice box, and um, they've already like uh, completely patted down Fury and his team. Like he had like something hiding behind his eye patch or whatever. Uh, and, and she even got that. The Vi- viper got that, but. For some reason beneath his like eye that he always has closed you imagine because it was uh you know damaged in the war that's how Fury actually lost his eye it wasn't scratched out by a cat that's bullshit um <laughs> there's a a fake eye beneath the damaged eye
1: yeah it was weird like he was hiding <laughs> an eye behind uh his eye yeah yeah, eye yeah. Patch. I, I guess like you said like you know maybe he just kept his eyelids closed somehow and right but yeah he pulls out a fake eye that he never uses for whatever reason <laughs> and uh it's basically just an explosive and uses it to blow up the door i did think it was funny though that like um while they were in the ice box, nick fury's like uh ah oh, what it she's she's so stupid uh, before she put me in here, I had a I had a fever a high fever, but now I feel normal. <laughs> yeah, that, I know I thought that was like who thought of that? Like so we don't the need other to two, okay, so so british guy and and psychic
0: lady, mm-hmm. they're like freezing to death, but like Nick Fury now can think normally, yeah. and like he's feeling great, so I'm gonna take out my fake eye, which is also an explosive, and uh, use it to blow open the door um which that's you know exact- what would have been a good thing to blow up the bad guys uh with before they captured him and put him in here sure i mean i don't know i think would it have been i think it would have been more impressive if he used his like spy prowess to like lock pick open the door or something but i don't know whatever we got a fake exploding eye i mean this is uh I mean, again, this is a movie where if you shoot your elevator, it takes you to the floor you want to go to. So right. <laughs> it's OK. <laughs> uh, anyway,
1: the movie, the movie was very clear up front that the rules
0: of reality were not going to be followed. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, anyway, he they make their way to uh, Viper. Um, he takes out some you know, random. They take out a lot of random shield agents along the way. Uh, they handcuff her to uh, this. All right. There's like a uh, I guess it's an escape pod in the middle. Or right, First, there's her frozen father in the room. And then there's also like an escape pod. He handcuffs her to something and then they get lady. Um, lady psychic a- agent psychic to uh, try Steve, to though, you skipped a pretty big part about the life model decoy. Oh yeah, how can I forget that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She he uses the life model decoy to stop Viper, basically.
1: And here's the thing: when did the life model decoy and the real Nick Fury switch places? Because they escape the uh, cell that they were in right. with uh, the eye explosion, and then they're like going down some stairs, and Nick Fury is like exhausted, and he's like falls down, and he tells. British guy and emo uh, not emo but uh, ESP psychic, lady. Yeah. psychic lady like hey you guys need to go on without me that's an order blah 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 they don't right. leave him and he stays there and he kind of passes out but the right. next thing we see is Nick Fury bursts in like a scene or two later into where Viper is and they start fighting right uh, and you know she ends up shooting Nick Fury but it turns out that like it's a life model decoy. The camera kind of pans back and Nick Fury's like behind her. Oh, I'm here actually. That was
0: just my decoy. It would have been so lame if they just had him eating an apple or something. (laughs) Right, right. Um, And
1: and then like he takes her down and that's when he handcuffs her. But like, so at some point, even though he was about to die seemingly, he, from the poison, he got up, like got the life model decoy, told it like what to do and where
0: to go. And then he followed me. Like, I don't know, man. And I remember, like when they're in the um, like the transport uh, vehicle from Shield Helicarrier, there's only room for like three of them, and you don't see the Life Model Decoy in there anywhere. Well, actually, I was okay with that because they did explain that the uh,
1: Model Decoy, Life Model Decoy, when they introduce it, that you can like make it compact for traveling. You can like break it down. <laughs> did you forget that bit steven i um, guess that's
0: the writing <laughs> I d- guess maybe
1: I you're did. not ready to work in this town
0: uh clearly i've been here for like five <laughs> years and all i got is a reality show to show for it uh, uh,
1: you, you don't you don't got what the goyers
0: as we say <laughs> the in the biz. Cool. that sounds like a horrible venereal disease uh, <laughs> can you help me i've got the goyers i need a cream uh <laughs> but uh i did forget about that but i mean was he if he would have been carrying around a suitcase or something yeah, it makes no sense either way yeah no you're right 100% right and also just to again um show that this is very inspired by other movies that this is almost the end of like escape from la uh where snake plissken has a holographic generator and like all these guys are like pointing guns at him at the end and they try to shoot him and oh they can't cause he's hologram and the real snake is already a long way away but uh anyway there's another great <laughs> there's another great line coming up. Uh all right long story short okay so the, yeah she handcuffed him uh handcuffed Viper to something in the room like some railing. Yeah Lady Psychic tries to probe her mind to find the code to stop the missiles from going off in Manhattan. Cause uh, at this point they were like, there was a, something like a 20 minute countdown. Uh, right. Right. The, the literal ticking clock starts, uh, which, yep. I mean, that's all like, you know, basic script writing one hundred one. Of course I don't have the Goyers, but, uh, no, uh other Goyers. people I've read do. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And so basically, and this is kind of funny because like, So she's trying to read her mind, and I guess she can't for whatever reason. I guess, you know, Viper has very strong mind stopping, mind reading abilities. And then Nick Fury just comes up and he's like, come on, you can do it. (laughs) Like this sort of it, uh, you know, cheers her on in a pretty hilarious way. Um, I would prefer the old, um, again, Mr. Burrell, uh, like on a video screen, like telling me that I could read oh, yeah, know, someone's mind. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, I guess Nick Fury is good enough. And she reads the numbers. But the last one is either a six or a nine. And Nick Fury's like, "Are you sure?" And he's, uh, she's like, "I think so." And then at the very last minute, uh, they choose six, and it's correct. And uh, then we get what appears to be a victory. I mean, the missile stops, but then, like, I'm a little confused (laughs) to what happens. Like, I mean, this is, like, all right, this, again, this is typical script writing. They they get a – it's a false victory. I mean, they stop the bombs. I mean, that's for sure. False finish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But then – something happens viper gets out of her cuffs magically they didn't show her picking a lock or doing the old you know i'm gonna pop my thumb out of socket like routine uh, uh, steve she
1: took did you not remember what she
0: took from... i was watching this really late at night last night so you have to cut me some slack uh,
1: steve uh i've got a bit of the goyers uh, <laughs> and uh, i noticed that when uh she flips back uh fury's eye patch when they, she first captured him she s- says that, oh, you had a lock picking, uh, electronic lock picking right. thing like on the inside of the eyepatch, and she takes that. Right. So she has that lock picking device now.
0: But did they show it like laying next to or attached to the cuffs when she got away from it? All that they
1: show her is kind of like looking down and kind of doing, like you can tell she's like about to do something. Uh, when- well, something all right.
0: Countdown. That's pretty subtle. I'll give you that.
1: So a second countdown starts where it starts kind of from like 30. Like it was like really all like 39 seconds or something mm-hmm. uh, pops up on the screen. And they're like, oh, my God, what is it? Is it another bomb blah blah. blah. And that's when she kind of like starts messing around or wiggling around with her cuffs. Um, and then what that countdown was was for actually the kind of capsule that her uh, frozen father is in. Mm-hmm. It also acts as an escape vehicle. Ah, there you and go. She runs into it, puts herself into a day. And while everybody's like too busy scrambling, trying to figure out like, you know, what bomb is going to go off or whatever, right. they don't notice that she's escaped. And by the time they see she's inside this capsule, it's already like going into the ground, although very
0: slowly. <laughs> oh, uh, and this is uh, what leads up to a pretty hilarious moment, I thought, because like, OK, it just lowered into the ground and viper sort of disappears from our view nick fury turns around and looks at everyone and also straight to the camera and goes she's halfway to china by now (laughs) like like, no man she's right there you just saw her nick fury showing you that
1: he has no understanding of geography (laughs) whatsoever It's like, no, no, he's right. Nah, nah, man, let her go. She's she's not even halfway down the block.
0: No, she's just time. below the floor. Like, throw a grenade. Like, shoot her. I mean, <laughs> I get that they were trying to keep her around for possible future episodes, which never came true. But, right. man, that just, I laughed so hard when that happened. Because it was just like, I'm just too old. I don't feel like going after and, her. And here's the thing. He shoots open the lock so that he
1: can then get into the little capsule area mm-hmm. where, you know, she was descended from. And then she looks down, oh, shoot her down the, the tube. So, right, right, <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd still rather watch this than uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. Um, But that's another story. Um, but yeah, that was... That was hilarious, and basically that's our uh, climax. Then we're back in the shield um, helicarrier. They, um, of course, they cure Fury of his, um, you know, poison. Yeah, they do
1: extract the blood from Viper mm-hmm. at one point while they have her
0: right. handcuffed. Yeah, so they they cure that, uh, no problem, and um, <laughs> then we get the typical <laughs> uh, face off between. No, no, he talks to. Uh, lady agent contessa first and this is when we sort of get to his, the end of his character arc at least for the movie where he's just like you know i uh, it took me almost dying to realize that i uh, left something like good behind when i left or i left more than my job when i left shield or something like yeah. that and she's like uh, is that an apology it's like well it's as most you're. It's as good as you're gonna get, or something like that.
1: <laughs> you bitch. Yeah,
0: and then they're about to. Hey, Nick Fury's a tough guy. You don't like it, uh, you know. Uh, but it, and they're they're about to kiss. And is it then Pinter who interrupts them, and is like, uh, Yeah, I think it was him. Hey Fury, you don't think I've forgotten about your insubordination, your reckless endangerment of blah 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 blah. And then, of course, Nick Fury is like, oh, don't forget about bodily harm.
1: Yeah. And he's
0: like, well, what are you talking about? And then punches him right in the jaw and lays yeah. him out uh, in classic 90s action hero style, which I was completely OK with. Um, and he walks away. No consequences. Right. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> Nick Fury. What are you going to do? He's a legend. He's become Colonel. Yeah, right, right. Uh, But uh, and that is basically. um, And of course, they also talk about, you know, there's also the typical uh, Hydra still out there and I can't rest until they're all like put down. blah, blah, blah. The very
1: last scene, though, is uh viper and her now unfrozen
0: father mm-hmm. oh, and uh it's creepy
1: yeah i thought they were gonna kiss yeah <laughs> I like, was
0: like yeah once the c- b- credits rolled you can only assume that viper and her dad got it on yeah, just yeah from how like, he starts acting. like just like
1: talking very close to her lips about like, their future plans <laughs> and what they're gonna do but basically viper and her dad are gonna try and you know Take over the world. <laughs>
0: that way, everyone can have incest, just like us. <laughs> they yeah. both and, and... maniacally laugh as they walk down yes. the corridor, which and I love. Down
1: like a tunnel, maybe another abandoned mine shaft. I don't know. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie was nothing but abandoned mine shafts. Um... Maybe Rod Hardy was like, "What if you guys end uh, the movie walking down like I don't know, like a big like rod-like thing?"
0: <laughs> no, he's like, "Oi, call that a mine shaft." This is a, this is a shaft. And then you know, <laughs> he's constantly doing that. He eventually got me too. Somehow he's still working. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, wow. So, um, yeah, that's basically Nick Fury, um, agent of shield. Uh, I, mean, long. I-, I will say
1: though, after the first, cause cause you and I kind of alluded to how like it kind of slows down a mm-hmm. little bit in the second act once like those 15 minutes or so and it may not even be 15 minutes it just felt maybe like that mm-hmm. but once like that kind of like segment has happened i do the pace picks up pretty damn yes. well I yes like it does and, yeah so even though it's 90 minutes after that little section i feel i felt like it went by pretty fast
0: yeah absolutely um what I've got some other like brief notes here. Let me just make sure that we haven't already covered them. Um, yeah, I feel, I don't know. It's It's hard to feel, it's like we shouldn't feel bad for David Hasselhoff because, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Knight Rider and Baywatch made him a very rich man, uh, not to mention Steve, his- Baywatch,
1: well, he was still doing Baywatch when this came out. So that's
0: the thing wow. I don't get. Because see, Baywatch I thought it- in... I thought it had come to an end at that point. No, no, was no, so Baywatch to
1: went on to, to to the year 2000. Wow. And obviously this was released in 1998. Now, I do know that uh, from what I remember, like towards the end of Baywatch, like he wasn't necessarily like in every episode, mm-hmm. but um, he was like part of the production team. You know, he was like an exec producer or something like that on, on Baywatch. Um, and I believe Baywatch Nights is what he was like mostly doing uh, at the time. And that's why he wasn't like on the regular Baywatch show quite as often. Right. So, yeah, I I don't really understand, like, when he was going to have time for this. (laughs) Man,
0: the Hoff likes to work. Uh, Oh, I've got another. um... Oh,
1: Baywatch Nights was over. Excuse me. That ended in 97. I apologize.
0: Yeah. From what I understand, Baywatch Nights was not well received. Uh, But I've I'm still interested in it. I've never seen an episode. Have you
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've seen more than one episode.
0: Oh, is this another guilty <laughs> pleasure of one yeah hell Velasquez? Maybe who, just a pleasure. He went from Baywatch Nights to um uh, The Rock of Love with Brett Michaels and then well, Steve, Flava a Flave and listen.
1: I, I call it the uh, the syndication seduction. <laughs> uh, you start off with a little you start off with a little renegade with a little highlander
0: little highlander, yeah, the a little highlander, little highlander. The series,
1: yeah. And then you you have a nightcap called Baywatch
0: Nights. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, here's another because uh, I tried to write down all of the all the lines that I thought were uh, pretty uh, entertaining, and I've got another one here from Mr. Fury. Uh, said to Viper, he says. I danced on your poisonous father's grave. I'll dance on yours too, sweetness. Um, <laughs> and then there's another one. Um, and I thought this was actually a pretty good moment uh, when he was in the the transport vehicle from the helicarrier with Agent British guy and Agent Psychic. Um, they asked him, "Was like, well, why did you leave Shield to begin with?" And he was like, "Oh, because uh, you know, there's just too much." <laughs> too much diplomacy in the world now or something like that and he said i had to move on and then the agent psychic was like because they changed the rules and then fury says for for me there never were any rules oh, That's just, <laughs> it's so good god that's good like i don't know if it makes sense but man is it good um uh, let's see what else um I don't know. I thought it was funny that uh, Viper had that haircut that was like, I feel like that was really popular for like, I don't know, one year or something yeah. <laughs> and then never again. Um, but I think that is going to do it uh,
1: for. I, I, I am really shocked that you've never watched Beer Watch Nights, but I'm very
0: glad because you don't know about what happens to it in the second season. And that's delicious. Oh, another. um sort of fun fact about uh david hasselhoff and his singing career is that uh he blames the oj simpson trial for ruining his singing career here in the u.s um because he was set to debut uh i guess on the same day that everyone was watching oj simpson in his white bronco you know drive Mm. Yeah, and everyone was watching that instead of paying attention to uh, David Hasselhoff uh, and his uh, and his
1: music. So well, we may have finally found the motivation that for OJ's murders. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no it's way
0: really am I gonna. Case. No way am I gonna let Hasselhoff horn in on my celebrity. Like, <laughs> wow, that's twisted, twisted, twisted stuff. Um, oh, I know one thing. I wanted to ask you compare this movie to generation x i mean i like this one a lot
1: better mm-hmm. um, i i just thought like it flowed better there was more chemistry between uh, the actors
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: especially like between hasselhoff and the british guy i, I want to say his guy his name was pierce but no oh, that's just thinking it's a... pierce bronson no you're right it was pierce um so like like they were like you know pretty funny i i thought like actually ironically enough, uh, Contessa and Hasselhoff had like no chemistry.
0: Oh yeah, um, they had none at all. You could tell they they probably had sex before they were shooting and it was just awkward for them to work together. They have been
1: in other things together. So, uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. that's
0: probably not true, but just whatever. it's just a rumor yeah. I started whatever. Uh, um, yeah,
1: but yeah, I, I mean, I think like this one had much better production values.
0: yeah, it uh, feels a lot more, I mean, Although it's definitely very 90s, it was way more timeless than Generation X was. Yeah. Where they Generation X was just trying so hard to be hip and uh, edgy yes. at the same time. And this was just like, hey, this is like, you know, man at a time, uh, you know, Demolition Man, Escape from yeah. L.A., kind of like run together. And, yeah, um, I, I, I would say this is a lot less stylized then mm, uh, I'd say it's a stylized in a different way in a pulpier over the top kind of way. Um, yeah.
1: Okay. That's fair.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, um, let me run the bumper and we'll answer the question. So Mr. Agent, velasquez if that's your real name um Mm. do you think that nick fury agent of shield should be uh, remembered for a bit longer or tossed into the black hole of obscurity never to be heard from again
1: i'm gonna go with remembered
0: uh you know even with that lull
1: still fun again we've talked about it ad nauseum david hasselhoff puts in a really good performance mm-hmm. uh he really gets it. and A few are the of the other like actors like they kind of get it and ham it up uh as well and yeah uh, like it's not as like um i, I expected it to be like very b movie-ish mm-hmm. and i mean there's a little bit of that like schlockiness, oh sure but, but it's not as it's not so I, I don't know, it's not as apparent. It's more competently made than I expected.
0: Yeah, there's still, like, a, I mean, despite its pulp, pulpishness and B-movie-ish, there's still, like, a, a soul. Like, you know, um, there's still decent writing to, like, back it up, basically. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and for that, I would say that it should be remembered as well. I think, in a way... Uh, Hasselhoff will always be Nick Fury for me although I do enjoy Samuel L. Jackson's version but uh, me too. but I mean Hasselhoff is the one from the comics uh, at least the the original one the original in accordance to obscure to now the most important streaming YouTube podcast and all of the internet you shall be remembered yes good show good, good show Well, I can only assume that Kevin Feige himself watched/listened to this episode, and is going to throw David Hasselhoff a bone and uh, and make him Nick Fury again. What do you think?
1: Uh, we can only <laughs> only hope. I, I don't know if movie-going audiences deserve him.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> no, they they really don't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, they really don't. Um, yeah, I would be interested. I really hope he at least gets to do like a cameo, like I said in the in the Doctor yeah, Strange fun. movie. Um, basically, um, I wonder what he's even up to these days, Mister Hasselhoff, or if he just only concentrates on his music. I guess I should have looked into it myself. But uh, anyway, anything else that people need to know before we sign off here? Yeah. Only thing I would say
1: is uh, if they're interested in watching the movie, it is available on YouTube. Um, (laughs) somebody just commented, uh, a a putrid pile of B movies just commented. That's how you pronounce that asshole's name. What a douche. Which asshole? Uh, Hasselhoff, I assume. (laughs) Oh, I thought he
0: was talking about
1: you. I'm like, yes, it's your hell. (laughs) Well, I mean, David Hasselhoff does have some, uh, quite a checkered history in his personal life.
0: Well, uh, yeah, can we talk about that real quick? Because, like, I think the only time I ever sort of saw cracks in the beautiful facade of one David Hasselhoff was when he was like drunk and uh, someone filmed it or whatever. But I mean, it wasn't like a a Mel Gibson style, you know, racist fest. It was just him sort of being drunk and belligerent. I mean, is there any other? Yeah, I
1: mean. Well, I think that was like part of a history of him being like extremely drunk around his family or his daughters or whatever when he was supposed to be taking care of them, something like that. But oh, um, right. that's but not you know so nothing great. like. But you're right; there was no major incident of like mm-hmm. you know violence or anything like that from from what I remember at least. But uh, you asked what he's up to, Kung Fury Two. Oh uh, right, is of in course. production, f- and uh, he's doing the voice of Hoff Nine Thousand in that. Um, he's gonna. He's got a couple other things that are coming up. Z Network. It's coming up, uh what? starring him. Uh, that's a pre-production.
0: I assume it's <laughs> a German that? thing. Why did you say it like a Hydra agent? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, man.
1: Also, in 2021, there was a video short called David Hasselhoff, The Passenger. Okay. And uh, he was a KBE, KBG agent in The Helgeson Show in 2021. And, of course, he had an appearance in one episode of Young
0: Sheldon. Uh, what the fuck? It's awful. Uh, why, I, David? Why? I mean i approve I'm, of uh, everything you've see. done in your entire career except for that but uh yeah whatever uh i don't know until the day he gets to come on this show uh and talk to us i condemn him for his appearance on young sheldon but uh, yeah yeah He's dead anyway me, yeah. uh make sure you guys check out your hell's uh awesome video on the um The FBI sign from the arcades.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Steve. What a roaring endorsement when you can't even remember what it's about. It's about uh, the I remember drugs game. Uh, Excuse me, the Winners Don't Use Drugs screen you saw in 90s arcades and how the FBI kind of used it to invade arcades. Um, And I think I I didn't mention it, but you can watch uh, this movie. Uh, what did we just watch uh, Nick Fury on uh, YouTube somebody <laughs> mm-hmm. uploaded it and uh, it's there in all its glory
0: yeah it's a good uh, copy and for whatever reason they even edited in that uh, the Marvel flapping like logo uh, like it's actually a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or something
1: in this person's mind it is <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that's another complaint that I forgot to address As I thought that the logo for nick fury was very underwhelming it was just like the most boring text possible like uh, do you even remember it no well there you go that's the problem all right well um i believe oh yeah the dare screen my copy of you don't have a copy of polybius uh (laughs) But uh, all right. Well, I guess that will do it for Obscurity Now. We will see you guys next Sunday when we talk about more obscure media. See you next time. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts and take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscure Network.